With Felix Bautista out for the year, you could argue that the Orioles' bullpen is the team's biggest question mark heading into 2024. So who's going to step up in those late-inning roles? And who's going to fill out the rest of the bullpen? Because there's going to be some fun roster battles in spring training. And we're going to preview them all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to continue our Orioles roster preview series as we dive into the bullpen on today's show. We'll take a look at the eight relievers I think will make the opening day roster, and all the other depth guys out there who could be in AAA, and will also be battling for one of those eight spots in spring training before talking about a few prospects who could potentially help the bullpen down the stretch this season. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. So we continue on with the roster preview series. This began on Tuesday's episode, so if you haven't checked that one out, make sure to go and check that one because we talked about the starting rotation. While I feel like the rotation's fairly set after the Corbin Burns trade, there are still some fights going on in spring training, and there's definitely some prospects who could factor in. We talked about it yesterday. Today, I think, is maybe the most intriguing of the four roster preview episodes that we will be doing, because I think the bullpen, without Felix Bautista, might have the most question marks. Now, as we know, the big thing, the big cloud hanging over the head of this bullpen is that the best reliever in baseball, I think full stop, Felix Bautista, will almost certainly not pitch in 2024. Yes, he has hinted, oh, I'd love to be back at the end of the season. I just don't think it's going to happen. Bautista, who got Tommy John surgery back in October, timeline goes all good. He should be ready to go spring training 2025, but he is more than likely going to miss the entirety of this season. And he's been the best closer in baseball, you could argue, for more than the last year. So how do the Orioles replace him? Well, it started with Craig Kimbrell. And until the O's made the Corbin Burns move, Kimbrell looked like their only addition this offseason, and truly, Kimbrell is still the only free agent signing they have made as they brought him in on a one-year $12 million deal early in the offseason with a team option for 2025 as well, which could be picked up if Bautista's recovery is maybe taken a little longer than expected or if Kimbrell just pitches really, really well in an Oriole uniform this year. And while it's not guaranteed that Craig Kimbrell is the closer on September 20th, in the postseason, I feel like it's fairly guaranteed that on opening day, Craig Kimbrell is the Orioles' closer. And that's where I want to start with the guys I am projecting to make the opening day roster out of the Orioles' bullpen. Now, you carry 13 pitchers generally with five starters. That gives you eight bullpen starts, or eight bullpen spots, I should say, heading into a season. And that first spot is going to go to Craig Kimbrell. It's really the first time the Orioles have given 
any kind of serious money at all, even though it is only a one-year deal, to a reliever. Kimbrell is a future Hall of Famer. At one point, he was the best closer in baseball. That's not who he is now, but he is still effective. I mean, he still posted a 3.26 ERA in 69 innings as the Phillies' closer last year. Yes, sometimes in the postseason, it was tough to watch, but he was also dominant at times last year for the Phillies. And that's Basically what you get at this point from Craig Kimbrell, I mean, he's in his mid-30s. He's not the pitcher he was 6, 8, 10 years ago. He's a different guy, but he's still throwing a good fastball in the mid-90s. He still has really devastating breaking stuff to go with it from the right side. It's not a fun watch, though. It's a lot of time between pitches. It's pitch clock violations. It's nibbling around the corners. It's certainly walking some guys, even though he's still striking out a lot of hitters, like an elite amount of hitters still, and that's why the O's went and got him. And even if by the end of the season you look around and you say, wow, like Kimbrell was 30 for 35 on saves, he's got a 3-2 ERA, like that's a pretty good year for a closer. It takes years off your life to watch him. So prepare for that this year. But either way, He's going to start the year as the Orioles' closer. He's no doubt going to be on that opening day roster. And if he does falter, I don't think the O's are just going to keep him in that role all season just because he's Craig Kimbrell. He could be moved to a different role. But that's why he was signed, is to replace Felix Bautista. That's where he will begin the year. The Zips projection for him, and again, when we talk projections on this episode, it'll be via Zips, which is the projection system done by Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs, who is also an O's fan. Now, that doesn't play into these projections at all, but... I use the Zips depth chart projections because I think they're a little better than any other projection system because they look deeper into, okay, not are we just looking at the starters for this team. We're not just looking at the 26 players on the opening day roster, but we're looking at the guys they have in AAA too who could also help. And for the Orioles, that generally leads to better projections across the board. But for Craig Kimbrell, it's 66 innings and a 4-4-2 ERA, which would be a much worse season than he had in Philadelphia last year. The hope is that it looks a little bit better than that. Then you've got Yen Yurkino, who, of course, has a spot in this bullpen. Just an unbelievable breakout season last year. Came over in the Jorge Lopez trade from the Twins in 2022. Looked like a disaster. People were calling for him to be DFA'd last offseason. He doesn't make the team out of spring training, but he gets called up in May when the Orioles need a bullpen arm. And I believe it was something like, what, 15 consecutive innings? Without a run, 20 consecutive innings. He went like 10-plus outings without allowing a base runner before he finally did. It was unbelievable. He finished the year with a 2.11 ERA in 73 innings. He was he was overworked, and you're never going to be as good as he was early in the season. That's why it seemed like, you know, he, he slowed down certainly late in the year, but you can't blame him. He never pitched that much. He'd never been given that big of a role. I still think in this role, in this kind of setup man role that he'll have with that devastating sinker, he'll get a lot of ground balls with the sinker changeup combination. Now, the Zips projection has him for 64 innings, which I think will be a little closer to what he actually throws, and a 3.67 ERA, which is not bad, but is certainly not a 2-1-1. He will regress a little bit this year. It's hard to be as good as Cano was in 2023, but I still trust him as a big part of this bullpen. I just don't know if I see him as a closer just because he does not have the swing and miss stuff that you really want at the back end of your bullpen. Next guy is Danny Coulomb, who has certainly got a spot in this bullpen. Coulomb, who was set to be a free agent after the 2024 season, but the Orioles came to a little potential extension agreement where they added in a club option for 2025. So as long as Coulomb pitches well, the Orioles can bring him back for $4 million for next season, which I think is really going to work out for both sides. But he was a 
basically an opening day find. Got him in a small trade-off waivers from the Twins a day before opening day. We were like, who is this guy coming off major hip surgery? How's he going to help? Oh, he just posted a 2.81 ERA in 51 innings for the Orioles last year and was just an unbelievably important part of their bullpen from the left side and get lefties and righties out. The stuff is tremendous. Yeah, the fastball is 91-92, but the breaking stuff is ridiculous. Zips does not like Coulomb, however, and has him at 63 innings, which would be a nice bump up, but a 4.11 ERA. I doubt he's going to regress that much. I think he'll be better this year. Then you've got CNL Perez, who's the fourth guy who I think is a lock for this bullpen. It was an interesting year last year for Perez. Remember how dominant he was in 2022, but he was outperforming a lot of his stats, and that reared its ugly head in the first half last year. Perez was, quite frankly, at best average, and I would consider him not that great in the first half last season. He was not one of the Orioles' most reliable relievers. Then in the second half, he flipped the switch, and he turned it around, and he was maybe... At times in the second half, the O's best reliever, and especially being a left-hander who throws 97 with a good sinker, he still has to work on that slider, but it's a solid pitch, ended up with a 3-5-4 ERA in 53 innings last year. Zips has him at 54 innings with a 4-3-1. It's all about the quality of contact for CNL Perez, because he's not going to get an insane amount of strikeouts. He's hunting the ground ball at all times, which you know a guy like Cano is doing as well, but Perez's stuff is, is not as good as Yinier Cano's. We'll see about the batted ball luck this year. I still think he's at the very least a solid middle reliever. Then you got Tyler Wells, who we talked about on yesterday's episode on the starting pitching preview. Wells is certainly going to go into spring training trying to win a starting spot. He's going to try and take one of those back-end rotation spots from either John Means or Dean Kramer in spring training. I mean, he was the Orioles' best starter in the first half last season, but then his body broke down again in the second half, and he came back in September as a really, really good reliever down the stretch and in the postseason. He was the guy who closed out the AL East clinching game in September against the Red Sox. And I see him in very much a Swiss Army Knife bullpen role this year. Now, he threw 119 innings last year and had a 3.64 ERA. If you just look at those numbers and you take out the consistency issues, like it was a really good year. Zips is projecting him as a reliever, as they should, because he's probably number six on the starting depth chart right now. They have him thrown 74 innings to a 4.20 ERA. I honestly think Wells will get closer to 80, 90, possibly 100 innings because I think he'll make some starts this year for the Orioles, but his general role is going to be in the bullpen. He's going to pitch some one-inning stints. He's going to pitch some multi-inning stints. He might even pitch in long relief at some point if the Orioles need it. He's going to be that jack-of-all-trades, but I really like how his stuff plays out of the bullpen. And I do see a scenario where if Craig Kimbrell is really struggling, now that D.L. Hall is gone in Milwaukee, I would actually tab Tyler Wells as the number one replacement at the closer role if Kimbrell starts to struggle. So look out for that as well this year. And I say that because Hyde kind of went to him in that role late in the year after Bautista was out and they called Wells back up to the bullpen. And then the sixth guy who I think is a lock in this pen is Cole Irvin. Again, talked about in the starter episode yesterday. I just don't think there's a spot for him in the starting rotation, but he's out of minor league options. He's still a valuable pitcher. And when he pitched in the second half last year, both as a starter and a reliever for the Orioles, I thought he looked really good, not just in long relief, but he came in for some short one inning stints out of the bullpen last season, and I thought looked pretty good. Ended up with 77 innings and a 4.42 ERA. Zips is projecting 70 innings and a 4.58 ERA. Again, I think we'll see more like 80 or 90 plus innings from Cole Irvin because I think he'll also make some spot starts and, and be in the rotation 
at times for the Orioles, but I just kind of like him at the very least as the long relief option that you can go to. You know he's going to eat innings, and he's a nice kind of soft landing point, uh, a depth spot for one of the last guys in your bullpen. Now, those are the six locks I feel like are in the pen. To me, and you could argue this, and if you think there's more than two spots open and up for grabs in spring training, let me know in the comments here on YouTube. But I think there's two spots up for grabs. And in my projections, here's who I'm going to give the two spots to. I'm going to give one to Jacob Webb, and I'm going to give the other one to Mike Bauman at this point. Now, Webb came over on waivers in August of last year. He was awesome for about 10 appearances. Not so good down the stretch. Really bad in the postseason. 54 innings, a 3.69 ERA between the Angels and the Orioles last year. Zips has him projected for 60 innings and a 4.30 ERA. I like the stuff. I think he can get lefties out with that good changeup. He can get righties out with the fastball slider combination. And he's out of options. And I think the Orioles like his stuff enough to put him in one of those final spots. And then Mike Bauman is also out of options. And that's why I think Bauman will actually win that very last spot in the Orioles bullpen, at least to begin the season. Now, he had a 3.76 ERA in 65 innings for the O's last year when they officially moved him from a starter to a full-time reliever for the first time in 2023. Zips projection for 48 innings and a 4.48 ERA. They actually think that he won't be a mainstay of this bullpen. He'll more be kind of an up-and-down guy, but that can't really happen because, again, Bauman is also out of options. And I think with Webb and Bauman both being out of options, the Orioles knowing, hey, if they try to put them down in AAA and they have to go on waivers and get DFA'd, Almost certainly, Webb and Bauman would both be claimed by another team on waivers. They are still major league quality relievers. So the O's don't want to lose those guys. And all the other guys that I'll talk about in a second who are also on this roster bubble, pretty much all the other guys have minor league options and can just be sent to AAA to begin the season. I think unless somebody really, really impresses, and we'll talk about that in a minute, or Webb or Bauman just completely tank in spring training, which certainly could happen. I think at least to begin the season, because they're out of options, the O's will give Webb and Bauman another chance to prove their worth. And then if we're a month in and it's not working out, then the DFA button comes for one of these two guys. But those are the eight I project in the bullpen. Kimbrell, Cano, Coulomb, Perez, Wells, Irvin, Webb, and Bauman. But that's not set in stone. And a lot could change as pitchers and catchers report today for the Orioles. The battles begin today here on Valentine's Day. So what do those battles look like? Who are the other names fighting for an opening day bullpen spot? We'll talk about those guys coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the NFL season might be over, but you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 just if your bet wins. And bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So we continue on with our Orioles 2024 roster preview series. Talked about the starting pitchers on yesterday's episode on Tuesday. Make sure to check that one out. Today, we are talking bullpen, relief pitchers for the Orioles. And I just ran through the eight projected relievers I see making the opening day roster. I had six locks in Kimbrel, Cano, Coulomb, Perez, Wells, and Irvin. And then I think there's two spots up for grabs, which I'm projecting to go to Jacob Webb and Mike Bauman, mostly because those two are out of options and are still, despite... Webb struggles in the playoffs, and really Bauman struggles in the entire second half, which had him 
end the year in AAA and actually not even be put on that playoff roster. I still think because he's out of options, he might end up getting that final bullpen spot because if he could channel what he did in the first half, Mike Bauman, which was really good last year, he is still helpful to the Orioles. But there's still two spots. And the interesting thing is, it's not like there's, you know, four candidates, five candidates for two spots. You could argue there's like 10 or more candidates for those final two spots. This is why this is the roster battle that intrigues me the most in Orioles spring training. Let's start with the other relievers on the 40-man roster. The guys who it would be easiest to give one of those two open spots to. Because you wouldn't have to make any 40-man moves. They are already there. And let's start with, I think, the biggest X factor for the Orioles bullpen this year. And that is Dylan Tate. Dylan Tate, who since coming up, you know, back in 2020, had been pretty good. And in 2021 and 2022, he was one of Brandon Hyde's most reliable relievers. And then, basically one year ago today, when the Orioles showed up for spring training, we get the news that Tate had suffered a forearm injury in the offseason and he was not ready to start throwing yet. And that just got pushed back and pushed back. And we heard maybe April, maybe May. And he tried to come back and he pitched in a handful of rehab games in AA Bowie and AAA Norfolk. And did multiple different stints where he'd get shut down and try to throw again. And it was an elbow injury and a forearm injury. And it just never happened. And I kept thinking, okay, you know, the stuff looks bad. He's clearly not healthy. This has got to be Tommy John surgery, right? And it would be the second one for Dylan Tate. But he just never got Tommy John. And then we're getting videos out of driveline this offseason where Tate's working out that he seems to be healthy. And the Orioles are saying he's healthy. And... Hopefully, when pitchers and catchers report this week, we see him throwing in the first workout on Thursday. That would be an incredible thing to see for Dylan Tate with how good he was in 2021 and 2022 for the Orioles. This would honestly be a huge addition to the bullpen. Now, there's two reasons why I didn't project him on the opening day roster. Number one is I need to see him out there pitching in Sarasota before I can make that projection. I mean, truly, like I... I cannot commit to that yet. I, I I need to see him throwing. Like I need to know he is healthy before I do that. And the second thing is, despite him being in the big leagues for a while, he still has two minor league option years remaining. So he's one of those guys that has options. So even if he looks somewhat healthy, but the Orioles are still not completely sure if he's back to the old Dylan Tate, they can send him to AAA for a few weeks to begin the season just to let him get his feet wet in real games that don't matter like a big league game does. And then maybe, you know, you give that spot to Mike Bauman and maybe Bauman just, it's not working out. Then you make the switch in May and it's Dylan Tate's job and he has it for the rest of the year. That is kind of the roster flexibility you have with Dylan Tate. But that sinker, that stuff back in the bullpen would be huge. Now behind that, there are a good chunk of lefties on the 40 man who might have felt that, hey, when D.L. Hall was traded, he was certainly a lock to be a lefty in the pen. Maybe we've got a better shot. Now, I still think Danny Coulomb and CNL Perez definitely in there. And yes, I think Cole Irvin has a lefty role, but there could still be space for one more lefty in the pen, four lefties and four righties. Keegan Aiken is in that group. He missed basically the entire second half last year with a back injury. Honestly, wasn't very good in the first half when he was pitching. It's kind of a mystery to a lot of people why he's still on this 40-man roster, but to be honest with you, he still has one option year remaining, which is big for him, and the Orioles just love his fastball. Yeah, it's like 94-95. It's not like he throws 100, but the ride on that fastball that makes it only almost disappear to hitters is why he's still a major league caliber, caliber reliever. The Orioles like him, and they're going to give him a shot. Nick Vespi is a lefty who's in there. Again, he still has one more option year 
Vespi knows that life. For the last two seasons, he's been the option guy. Up, down, up, down, up, down. The maximum number of times the Orioles could do it the last two years, whenever they needed a piece. Now, his usage last year was a little different than it was in 22. 22 was more a bunch of one-inning outings. Last year, multiple times, the Orioles used him for two or even three innings at a time out of the bullpen. They started to stretch him out a little bit more, not as a starter, but as a longer relief guy in Norfolk. I think that actually adds to Vespi's value at some point here. And we'll probably still see him be the up-down, up-down, up-down guy and live that life. But this will be his last chance to kind of prove I can stick on this team because it's his last option year. And if the Orioles feel like he's just an optionable depth reliever, he probably won't be back when he's out of options for long in 2025. But if he proves something this year, well, things could certainly change. And then there's Bruce Zimmerman. I would probably consider him more starting pitching depth than relief depth, but he is still on the 40-man. He has pitched in relief in multiple different scenarios over the past two years for the Orioles, so he still is certainly an option there. I just don't really see a path for him to be on the opening day roster. And then there are two more righties on the 40-man who are certainly going to be fighting it out for a spot. One is Brian Baker, who if you listen to this podcast, you know I am still a fan of. He has, in this Orioles bullpen, especially with Hall gone and Bautista gone, Brian Baker, this is going to be hard to hear, has the best stuff in this bullpen. In terms of stuff plus, the top three rankings in the Orioles bullpen last year were Felix Bautista, D.L. Hall, and Brian Baker. Hall's in Milwaukee, Bautista has a brace on his elbow. Baker's got the best stuff. Now, can he command that stuff? That is the huge question for Brian Baker. But that's why he's still around. That stuff is so, so good. The fastball-slider changeup combination, and that changeup is the difference for him. He could throw it for a strike in 2022. That's what made him so good. He couldn't get it anywhere close to the strike zone in 2023. That's why he spent a good chunk of the year in AAA. That's the difference for Baker. Now, he still does have an option remaining. He is in his final option year, which is helpful to him. I still think he is going to help the Orioles bullpen at some point this year, but I don't know if it's going to be opening day because I think he still needs more time to figure out that changeup. And then the last guy is Jonathan Heasley. You could also consider him more so starting depth than reliever depth. Orioles picked him up in a minor trade from the Royals earlier this offseason. Kind of a kitchen sink approach. O's probably see something they can do with him. But Heasley, to me, definitely a guy who does have an option remaining. Definitely a guy where the Orioles will send him down to AAA, have him work on what they want him to work on, and then maybe at some point midseason when they've kind of transformed him a little bit, maybe that's the time when he is called up. So those are the 40-man guys, obviously with more of an inner track to winning one of those two spots that is potentially open. But I will say there are also some guys, veteran guys, not on the 40-man, who got some non-roster invites. That is basically players in two camps, essentially, for non-roster invites. One is prospects who are not yet on the 40-man roster who get invited to big league camp. And the other is guys who you sign to minor league deals who then get an invite to big league spring, big league spring training to try and win a spot. And these are those guys. One is Tucker Davidson. Now, Davidson was technically a waiver claim earlier this offseason, but the Orioles then DFA'd him, cleared him from the 40-man, but kept him in the organization. He really interests me a lot. Former Brave, former Royal, left-hander, ridiculously good splitter. Other stuff hasn't quite caught up yet. If the Orioles can find him one more pitch, preferably a fastball, he's an interesting piece in the bullpen. Just look out for him in spring training. Luis Gonzalez, 32-year-old lefty, is back. He had been with the O's organization forever. Then he was gone the last few years, never made his major league debut. He's back on a minor league deal with a non-roster invite. Ronald Guzman is an interesting left-hander who had been a first baseman in the big leagues for the Rangers and the Yankees from 2018 to 2022. 
Then he decided to try pitching, signed with the Giants last year as a pitcher on a minor league deal, but got injured and barely pitched. The word is he's healthy now. He throws in the mid-90s with a changeup and a slider. No way he's on the opening day roster, but there's a chance like he ends up in Bowie and Norfolk this year pitching in relief, and that stuff is enough to get him to the big leagues at some point, but he's just an interesting story to watch. Then there's another lefty in Andrew Suarez who pitched out of the Cardinals bullpen last year for about 28 innings. It was 28 bad innings, but it was 28 major league innings. He's more depth. He could also be starting depth as well. He's been a starter for most of his career. And then the last guy who's also interesting is right-hander Nathan Webb, who is coming off Tommy John surgery and likely will not be ready for opening day, but should be ready at some point somewhat early in the 2024 season to pitch. To me, he's most likely starting in the AAA Norfolk bullpen whenever he is healthy, but apparently it's some pretty electric stuff and a little bit of command issues, but some electric stuff. If he gets healthy in the second half at some point, we could see Nathan Webb in an Orioles uniform. I just think out of all those guys, Tucker Davidson is maybe the only one that would have a shot at making the opening day roster. Everybody else is more depth, but they are interesting arms and interesting names that the Orioles have in camp, and any of them could help the O's at some point throughout the season. That's why minor league deals are so important. Get that depth. Get them in AAA so you can call on them when you need them, when there's injuries and bad performance and everything that goes on in a very long 162-game MLB season. But there's one more group of guys I want to get to, and those are the prospects. And now a lot of these guys are going to be considered starting pitching prospects, and a lot of them I already talked about yesterday on the starting pitcher episode. But there are some relief prospects as well that are kind of mixed in here. It's an interesting group of guys who could potentially help the Orioles out of the bullpen in 2024. We'll get to those names to finish off the pod coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Now, if you want to buy tickets to any event that's out there, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying those tickets. Well, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. What I love about Game Time is your ability to buy tickets at the last minute and get a flash deal. I can log onto the app, which I've done before, out on Utah Street by the stadium. Log onto the app, look for that night's Orioles game, find a flash deal. Tickets might be 50% off. You get a ticket for five, six bucks in the upper deck, pay for it with the flash deal. You get it right through the Game Time app. And here's the best part all these other apps, right? You got to wait for a text, you got to wait for an email to get your ticket. Sometimes the Wi Fi, the internet isn't good. You have to wait for a while. You're standing there, you're holding it up to the ticket person. They're like, that's not your ticket. On Game Time, The ticket is sent directly to your app. You don't have to wait for it anywhere else. You buy it in the app. It's right there in the app. You go up to the gate, you get the ticket scanned, and you go into Camden Yards. It's that easy. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets... Lowest price, guaranteed. So to finish out today's Orioles bullpen preview for the 2024 season, I want to talk about the prospects who will factor in here. And I got to be honest, of the four episodes we're going to do here to preview the roster, starting pitchers, relievers, infielders, and outfielders, I would think the bullpen, it kind of has the least amount of prospects that could factor in at some point here. And a lot of that's because the biggest names I'll talk about 
I already talked about in depth yesterday on the starting pitcher episode. Make sure to go back and check that one out. But Chase McDermott, Cade Povich, Justin Armbruster, and Seth Johnson. All are interesting pitching prospects. All who will be in AAA Norfolk this year. Potentially all of them in the Tides rotation. The thing with those four is they all want to be starters. And they all project to potentially be starters. But any of them could help the Orioles' bullpen at some point, probably in the second half this season. If the O's need them, I think specifically McDermott and Johnson would be really good relievers if the O's need to go to them. So those guys are certainly options. And again, go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Did a much deeper dive on those four guys, what they bring to the table, and and how they could help the O's in 2024. But beyond that, there are some interesting names. Wanderson Charles is one of them. He is a non-roster invite to big league spring training. Charles, who came into the O's on a minor league deal last year, dominated double-A, went to triple-A, and had a 5.70 ERA and a 20% walk rate, which is insanely high in 30 innings. Wasn't very good. But the stuff is nasty. The fastball's at 98. It's a really good changeup. It's a solid breaking ball. The Orioles brought him back on a minor league deal. Now, I don't really see him making the opening day roster. He will start the year in Norfolk's bullpen, potentially as the Tide's closer, and he'll get a chance to show it off. And if he can find the strike zone, He's going to be in Baltimore this year. I'm calling it right now. If Charles can get that walk percentage from 20%, maybe down to more like 12 or 13%, he's going to be in Baltimore somewhere this year. It's electric stuff from the right side. Morgan McSweeney's always been kind of an interesting guy. He seemingly has stalled out in AAA. He's been there for a couple of years. Right-hander with a mid-90s fastball, good curveball, good changeup, but... Just wasn't a good year for him last year. 5-4-8 ERA and 46 innings. The walks went way up. The strikeouts went down. That might be it for Morgan McSweeney, but he is back at least with the organization. Unfortunately, didn't get a call to big league camp. Maybe he'll get a shot. Nolan Hoffman is an interesting right-hander who throws from a, a sidearm spot. Had a 3-0-5 ERA in 41 innings in AA last year. Got a little taste of AAA. He'll most likely be in Norfolk to begin the season. Hey, if he gets that deception down, could maybe be a, a spot for the O's. Connor Loprich, another guy who just had a pretty good year, although he was old for the level in AA last year. 25% strikeout rate, 8% walk rate in 51 innings. It's an interesting piece for Lowbridge. Again, probably gets his shot at AAA. And then there's just some other younger guys to watch, most likely guys who are either coming off injuries or, or might not be development-wise ready for the big leagues at any point this year. But Trace Bright, a really exciting pitching prospect from the right side. Alex Pham as well, a couple of starting pitching prospects. Dylan Hyde as a relief prospect. Keegan Gillies as well as a relief prospect. Like these guys... Maybe a chance if things all break right this year, which can certainly happen. Relievers tend to rise up the system faster than anyone else. And then there's two guys coming off Tommy John surgery, a couple of the pitchers that the Orioles also got back from the Angels, along with Kyle Bradish in the Dylan Bundy trade. That's Kyle Brinovich and Zach Peek. Interesting stuff. Injuries over the last two years have certainly slowed them down. I don't know for sure, but it feels like both of them should finally be fully healthy heading into spring training 2024. Now, neither of them has a big league camp invite, and both of them are probably going to end up in double-A Bowie and triple-A Norfolk to start the year. But if they can get healthy and kind of realize what they've been able to do, they're both maybe potential options for the Orioles this season. But again, prospect-wise, I think McDermott and I think Johnson and then I think Wandis and Charles all certainly have a good chance in the second half of the year to be in the Orioles' bullpen. But they just have so many options who are on the 40-man, right? Guys like Aiken, guys like Baker that they can kind of call on guys like Nick Vespi. They'll probably call on before some of these prospects that I just think prospect-wise, that's probably the weakest part, but that's kind of the case for every team, right? Most of your relief prospects are just 
failed starting prospects or starters who you brought up as a reliever to begin their career and then eventually made them a starter. That's mostly how relief pitching goes, and it'll be a similar thing in the Orioles system. But that'll do it for the Orioles bullpen preview. Let me know in the comments what you think will be the Orioles opening day bullpen, what the uh, best roster battles will be. And make sure to, of course, like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles channel on YouTube. Also leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to the pod. We will be back tomorrow with one of two episodes. If we don't hear much at all in terms of news as the Orioles pitchers and catchers report today, Happy holidays, Pitchers and Catchers Day. Sometimes you get a lot of news out of that. If we get it, we'll talk about it tomorrow. If we don't get much, if it seems pretty ho-hum, then we will move on to the next portion, the infielder preview that will be coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.